Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studio in Alpharetta, it's time for Profit Sense with Bill McDermott. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Profit Sense. And I am delighted to have two guests, uh, Melanie Milner with the Design Atelier. Melanie, welcome. Thank you. And Casey Gartner, a wealth advisor with Northwestern Mutual. Casey, so glad to have you. Thanks for having us. So, Melanie, I want to start with you. I understand that you just got back from a trip to London and not only uh, talking about design, but also talking about business practices. Give us, uh, give us a quick sense of kind of some key takeaways that you had from that trip. Well, the trip was focused. Um, it was held by the Design Leadership Network, which is an organization um, for designers, architects, landscape architects, um, industry professionals. And um, it's it's guided to help us with our businesses and business practices and give us inspiration uh, for what we do. Wonderful. So it sounds like that was a successful trip. And uh, London wasn't quite as chilly, I bet, as it was here in Atlanta, was it? No, it was beautiful. It's <laughs> like London in the fall is definitely worth um, going to this time of year. So Melanie Milner is an interior designer with the Design Atelier. The Design Atelier is a luxury interior design firm. Uh, they're committed to delivering exceptional spaces. They value architecture and the details that make each project unique. They respect their clients and strive to res- exceed their expectations. And I've seen some of those special, exceptional spaces on Instagram. They are beautiful. So congratulations to you and your team. Thank you. So tell us a little bit, uh, things to think about, reasons to hire an interior designer. If I were designing a space, why would I why would I hire an interior designer to do it? Uh, well, uh, professional interior designers really do have um, a way of creating a, a global vision for a project. So we take all the information um, and needs, wants from the client and try to spend time with them, developing a sense of their style, um, how they live, how they want their spaces to function. And then um, we work together as a team to pull together um create a vision for them and um, give them a process to follow through with it so that the end result is, um, you know, cohesive design. Yeah. And so to a left brain, kind of a numbers nerd like me, there's really an art to this. So what is it that uh, uh, is probably the reason for that cohesive design and what goes into uh, what you would call a co- cohesive design? Uh, well, it's just a collaboration of a lot of different things. Um, you know, when a project starts from the ground up, we work with architects, um, you know, lighting designers, you know, everybody that's involved with the construction process, um, you know, the, the contractors. Um, but there's just a million decisions that need to be made along the way, even if you're just doing um, interior decorating and for one room, but it's just, um, you know, important to realize and have the experience of what it takes to obtain, um, a good end result because there's a lot of mistakes that can be made along the way. And, uh, when you hire a professional, it, it really does make a difference and it gives you, um, you, you really do feel it when you step into a room, um, when you see a cohesive design. Yeah, and so I'm sure there may be some in the audience that are just do-it-yourselfers. Um, what really is the difference, or let me phrase that a different way. Um, 
you can either do it yourself or do it right. So what does doing it right really entail? Um, again, it's really putting together a whole plan before you even get started. Um, flushing through all of the different options and um, pulling things together so that uh, you take the time and effort um, on the front end. Because a lot, I think a lot of times people get... Um, you know, motivated and they want to do it themselves and they go out and they see pretty things and then they, they buy them and they may be out of scale, out of proportion for their house. Uh, so it's important when you think of things um, as, as a whole, um, how things work together, how the scale fits in a room, light fixtures, how they um, fill the volume of a space. And, you know, to get that curated look and, and do it right, it's really takes somebody that knows what they're doing and understanding um, how things are, are proportioned and need to fit together. And I know you have some architecture in your background. I'm sure doing it right also includes some understanding of architecture. Could you talk a little bit about that as well? Uh, yes. I think from an interior um, perspective, um, there are a lot of architectural elements that go into a good interior. Um, details make all the difference, um, whether it's a ceiling detail that's trim work that it has a design on the ceiling, or if it's um, molding on the wall, it's just a, a matter of um, putting together um, those fine details, whether, you know, and also with tile work, um, cabinetry, it's, it's going the extra mile with those details that really um, add to a space. And so for someone thinking about hiring an interior designer, how, how much does it cost? And, and of course, I realize uh, cost is really more a matter of value than it is cost. And so, um, but what would, uh, what would the cost involved or are there some methodologies to pricing that are used in the, in the interior design industry? I think that's always a big question, even in the the design field. I mean, we, um, so many different designers charge differently. So I I feel like um, it's more about the value added and understanding the process. Um, You know, most of the industry will charge an hourly rate. Um, Some charge a flat fee, but at the end of the day, it's really understanding what the value brings to the table and willing being willing to pay for that and knowing that it's going to get you a different result than just um, throwing together spaces. So I want to go back to cohesive design for, for just a moment again. Um, Can you maybe give an example recently of how you achieved a cohesive design for one of your clients? Uh, Sure. Um, We had a project a couple of years ago that um, the client had purchased a home that had been recently renovated and we um, they were wanting it to become their own. And there was a lot of things that were left from the previous owner and she just didn't have the feeling that it was her, her style. So we came in and we just, you know, talked to her, you know, saw how her family functions really got to know her personality. And, you know, we worked as a team together to come up with, um, you know, a living space. We, there was a large living area that, um, needed to be loved because the previous owner, it just didn't really, they never spent time in there, but they, Uh the new owner wanted to really, um, focus on that room being the hub of the family. Um, and so we created two seating areas, one for watching TV, one for 
sitting in front of the fire with friends and we used a lot of indoor outdoor fabrics so that it could, it was family friendly, dog friendly. And, um, at the end of the day, it all came together and with warm textures and comfortable furnishings, uh, that were, um, you know, able to be used by everybody. Um, the, you know, the, the, the end result turned out to be really well, really well done and they love it. They can entertain. I think they had a party two weeks after we installed without any worry. Hey, party. um, Yeah. Without any worry of like (laughs) people ruining the furniture. So, um, I think that was a successful project for us. Yeah. So you're mentioning family and function. And so I wonder, um, how does function and family play into an interior design or into a project? It's, it's everything, honestly. Um, I think with my background, um, being, I used to do space planning, uh, Ah, and, uh, did that for, uh, for office spaces. Uh And so I have a really good sense of, um, flow. And when you have families, and you have a, fun, a a well-functioning space, it, it's everything. I mean, you have to think about how you come in from the garage with kids and backpacks and um, groceries and how where you put everything. And if you create those spaces um, that fit your family needs, it just makes you feel that much better when you're at home because things have a, a bit more organization to it. And I would think, too, back to what we talked about just a moment ago, that doing it yourself – uh, probably people that try to do it themselves just don't have a sense of, you know, flow and function uh, that's really critical you're, to your comment. It's everything as far as the design is concerned. Yeah, it's it's more about getting the spaces right first before you fill it with a bunch of stuff. And um, there's a difference between designing and decorating. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people have good taste that haven't had a professional design degree Um and that's great. I mean, a lot of people can pull things together beautifully. It's just more about that comprehensive comprehensive vision of knowing how the spaces flow, function, and um, getting those right first before you start filling it up. Sure. Also, I'm wondering lifestyle changes. Um, uh, people getting married, maybe people becoming empty nesters, uh, second homes. Uh, how do lifestyle changes play into in- interior design? Um, I think right now we have a situation with a client and they um, bought a house when they first got married. Um, and now they have two kids and they are understanding they need a different environment for their family. And so we're proposing, we're you know, of how to make those changes happen. And, you know, it's a big undertaking and it's, we can see the vision. They just have never done this before. And so they just have no clue. Um, but again, it's like, well, I had to talk to him yesterday and say, uh, do you realize you're going to have painters in your house for two months painting everything? And, oh you know, we're going to have to figure <laughs> out what to do with the kids. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I think at the end of the day, once we're finished, it's going to make a huge difference to their lifestyle just because they're going to have a different environment. And, you know, how you grow up and how your living environment is kind of changes, you know, how, how you are. It, sure. it makes you feel differently. Um, it gives you a different purpose when you're functioning in the, in the house itself. So. Yeah. I know, you know, in, in our experience, so we have two daughters, uh, we move actually moved into our house when they were seven and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're now grown and married. So, you know, our, function of our house was is totally different now that we're both empty nesters 
versus uh, when we had a seven and a five year old and a puppy, <laughs> the the whole function and the whole design of the house I could see would would certainly change over time just based on how you know yeah. we've changed. Yeah, and it, it it's important. We had a client too that um, they had been living their house with their kids and. She just never really liked the house and they were going to move and sell the house. And um, then they, uh, we had done a house for them up in Maine and it turned out really well. And so they, they thought, well, why don't we just stay in this house and see what we can do with it. And again, we um, worked with them for the last year and transformed the house and she's absolutely in love with the house now and they didn't have to go through the troubles of moving and they can, um, you know, keep everything intact as far as their, you know, memories there. Yeah, that is a great story. You're an award-winning interior designer, uh, been in this business over 26 years, uh, have a very successful firm. Any final thoughts uh, that you'd like to leave uh, our audience with about interior design in general? Well, um, I think it's uh, interior design is, is a tough business. It's a, it's a wonderful business to be in. Um, I love what I do. But there is so many um, business aspects to um, the design profession that um, can be difficult. And as creative people, we always tend to lean on people that um, can guide us in the right direction. Sure. Um, and you know, be a support because um, you know when we get into it. When I started the business twenty six years ago, you know, I just wanted to design and, and focus on that. And mm -hmm. then I found myself running a business, which, you know, then you become a business owner and yes. have to be smart about it. So that's why um, I met you. And I feel like people like you out there in the world are beneficial to the creative types like me. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, one thing we all play to our strengths and your strength is, is clearly uh, design uh, having, uh, team of advisors uh, around us to support us, to help us make those good decisions uh, is really what's important. So just uh, in closing here with, uh, with you, Melanie, if someone needs to get in touch with you, uh, what is the best way for them to do that? Uh, you can visit the website, uh, www.thedesignatelier.com. Um, our number is on there with our um email to reach out to, or you can reach out, reach out to me directly at melanie at the com. Well, Melanie, thank you so much. Great words on interior design. Congratulations on 26 years in business and uh, building on that topic of uh, having a team of advisors, uh, Casey Gartner, wealth manager with Northwestern Mutual. Uh, so glad you had time to come on the show today. Thank you. So Casey, as a business professional, uh, you understand that people often don't take the time they should to properly plan for their financial futures. Uh, you make it your goal to help busy professionals and business owners craft a plan that most effectively and efficiently allows them to reach their financial goals. In helping clients address these critical areas and be able to live lives knowing a financial plan is in place continues to be the most rewarding aspect of your of your practice. So. Uh, Let's start off by saying, asking you, um, what should new business owners be thinking about that they are often not thinking about as it relates to either uh, wealth planning, business planning, personal planning, things like that? I think Melanie started to allude to this as well. She loved 
the design piece, but then found herself a business owner. Um, oftentimes entrepreneurs become so by accident, um, they kind of fall into this space and then they don't know what they don't know. And I'm of the mindset where people should do what they enjoy doing and do it really well and focus their time and energy on doing that and outsource the rest. So whether that be hiring a designer to help them in that space or an advisor such as myself to help them on the financial piece um, or attorneys, accountants, et cetera, your highest and best use of time is doing what you do well. Um, And so as a business owner, the first thing should be cobbling together that team. Um, Oftentimes it starts with an accountant or an attorney. Uh, You made a comment earlier, Bill, about doing it yourself or doing it right And oftentimes we find that it's much more costly to a business owner to unwind something they tried to do on their own um, because there were mistakes made because that's not what they do for a living. They, they are a designer or they manufacture widgets or whatever it is that they happen to do. They don't write up contracts. They don't set up retirement plans. They don't do business succession planning. And so having that team of advisors around them to ask them the questions that they're not thinking about um, helping them paint the vision or the picture of what they want it to end up looking like on the back end will help them structure it properly on the front end. Yeah, you know, I can so relate to that because having been a career banker of 32 years, then all of a sudden in the Great Recession uh, being laid off and then actually starting a business, I didn't know what I didn't know. And even though I had been 32 years in banking, being a banker, and being a business owner are are two different things. So thank goodness I had someone sit me down and said, okay, Bill, you need to be thinking about this and this and this. And all of a sudden, it just made that uh, so much easier. So let me just ask, we've talked about why a business owner should be building that team, but maybe talk a little bit about some of the components of who should be on that team and what role should they play in your view? I think foundationally there should be an attorney, um, an accountant, a financial advisor, um, an insurance professional. Um, and from there, those that team of advisors will bring in other professionals where appropriate. Certainly a business banker should be part of that that team as well. Um, Business bankers can help them have access to a line of credit um, that they may not have even thought about or even know what it is when they worked for a company. Now, all of a sudden they are the company and there's tremendous risk and exposure as a business owner that they've never experienced before and they're not even aware exists. Um, So I think that, that core team of people and sometimes different Professionals can function in a couple different seats. Sure. Um, there might be accountants that are also attorneys or wealth advisors that are also ins- insurance professionals. Um, and there's no right or wrong. I think there's a tremendous amount of wonderful professionals, specifically in Atlanta. And at the end of the day, they, they, I would hope and expect that they all do great work, but people, um, work together because it's a, it's a good match. It's a good relationship. So when I'm looking at helping build a team for my clients, it's really about personality and, and match. Sometimes it's geography. Mm -hmm. Um, what we've found though, is that geography is becoming increasingly irrelevant. I have clients all over the country. Um, 
many of whom I've never even met face to face because the phone and the the computer are both wonderful tools. Sure, sure. FaceTime and Zoom are beautiful yes. things, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so, is there a particular story that comes to mind, maybe of a business owner who didn't know what they didn't know, and maybe how you helped them uh, get it done right uh, from the very start, and maybe how they've moved forward from there? Well, the first one that comes to mind is actually a little bit reverse of that. And then I'll kind of back into what you're just asking. So I was introduced to a business owner probably five years ago who built a very successful business, continues to be exponentially more successful today than it was when I first met him. Um, And we became connected because um, he'd been investing every ounce of money and energy and time into his business as most business owners do. Sure. And he got to a point where he stepped back and thought to himself, one of his, the people on his team of advisors, I guess had suggested this to him. What if, what if this doesn't all go as planned? Um, Meaning that the business becomes hugely successful and it's able to make all of his hopes and dreams come true. Right. What if I need to be investing outside of my business? Um, So we got connected in that space for me to come in and help him think about how he needs to really build this cohesive, comprehensive plan. But his biggest asset is this business. So we wanted to leverage that strategically where somebody that might not own a business has access to that. Um, So there were certain things that he wasn't doing or didn't know to do um, relative to his estate planning. This is a very profitable business. He, He became very um, wealthy because of it. And these were, these are first world problems. I understand that, but this was not something as an, as a new entrepreneur starting a business was thinking that he was going to have a tremendous estate problem. Um, so these were problems that we're looking to help him solve again, leveraging the business where we can. Um, and then the other side of that is somebody that is, just starting out. What do they need to be thinking about? Business line of credit, business banking, business checking, um, different types of insurance, you buy, sell, succession planning, key person. They don't have group benefits anymore. Maybe right. it's just them or their spouse or, you know, what does it look like now all of these expenses and they're just trying to make money, but it feels like for every dollar that they make, $3 is going out the door. Um, and so really building out this robust plan around what's important to them so that they know that they've got a team of advisors that's got their best interest at heart and is really working as their advocate so that they can go and build this business to become really profitable. I know, Bill, I've referred many clients to you because, again, they don't know what they don't know. Their plan is to, to maybe one day sell their business, but they don't know what it's worth. Right. They think they know what it's worth, yeah. but really is it worth, is it worth what they think it is? You know, our, our babies are all always so beautiful they to are, us, they but are, they're incredibly beautiful. <laughs> um, so I know you've been very instrumental in helping business owners value their business and help them get it to a certain point where they could possibly sell it for the, for the dollar value that they need. Sure. Exit planning is, uh, is really critical this day with the baby boomer generation, uh, getting ready to retire. I do want to take you back though, um, because you made such a good point talking about that successful business owner 
who was pouring a lot of his wealth in his business. Or it, her. Or her, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and building wealth that was totally concentrated in their value of their closely held business. They were very undiversified. And so I'm, I'm wondering if there are some thoughts on uh, or some experiences that you've had helping a business owner really diversify that wealth and potentially even uh, using income to diversify away from the value of their closely held business. Yeah. Well, not only is it not diversified, it's not liquid. Exactly. Yeah, right. Great point. Um, so unfortunately, in my line of work, if anybody has any familiarity with um, my parent company, Northwestern Mutual, it's it was founded in the 1800s as a life insurance company. My business is more comprehensive in scope. Not only do I do insurance planning for clients, but I also do a lot of investment planning. At the end of the day, it's more, it's, I hate to use the word again, planning based. Um, there's just a lot of moving parts. And my objective is to help people make sense of how those parts work well together. And so just tactically be able to answer your question. Oftentimes we'll see how, how are, how are, Clients really diversifying away from their business. Does that mean investing in other businesses? Not necessarily. Again, I want them to do what they do really well, but we want to meet people where they are. How averse are they to risk? In some ways, they're tremendously risk tolerant. They're entrepreneurs for crying out loud. Sure. Um, but in other ways, they really hold every last dollar that they earn close to the chest. And so are we investing in real estate? Are we investing in retirement? Are we um, investing in really safe assets? Um, so it's it's not a general statement. It's more of a customized solution based on what how that client is wired um, because we need to be sensitive to liquidity. We need to be sensitive to taxes. I like sure. to say it's wise to pay your taxes, but you don't have to tip the IRS. So right. we don't need to be paying more. <laughs> um, so how do we leverage the tax law to our benefit? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I just think a lot of times I, I experience a prospect or potential client in the sense that they've tried to do it themselves. And um, I think the biggest threat to my industry is the Internet. Um, I, I use this, this analogy. I heard it years ago. Um, I saw a mug, a coffee mug once and it says, don't confuse your Google search for my medical degree, right? It's like <laughs> a patient goes and sees their doctor and says, well, WebMD says I have whatever it is that they've, they've Googled their diagnosis to be. And the physician standing there thinking, well, I've gone to 20 years of post-secondary education. Let me tell you in my professional opinion, what you really have. It's very similar in my line of work and Melanie and yours as well, mm -hmm. that I've built a career uh, and invested in learning and helping clients understand what it is that they need to and should be doing. Um, and so when people come to me, it's more around letting them know what they don't know, mm -hmm. um, letting them aware, making them aware of things that they can and should be doing, um, but really customizing it to fit their needs and objectives. Because I'm not going to take tremendous risk with somebody's money if they're going to get really nervous when the market moves, sure. as an example. Sure. That's a great. So on that whole topic of doing it yourself, uh, you've probably seen some mistakes that business owners make that can be easily avoided. Uh, do one or two come to mind? 
Yeah. I mean, oftentimes I'll see people that may not have been a business owner to start and they may have their home and auto insurance as an example with somebody. Um, and so just by default, they go to them if they even think to go to them at all and get some sort of business liability. That's not anything that I can help somebody with. Yes, I do. I am affiliated with an insurance company, but we don't do the property and casualty. And often when we're auditing that, it it's not right. We, we come across, um, I use the catchphrase, a junk drawer of financial planning. It's over time we kind of accumulate these different assets and contracts, but there's no coordinated effort. There's um, some things are not exactly what they need to be. Just because somebody's great at providing your personal car insurance does not make them the best solution for your business liability coverage. Sure, sure. Makes sense. So you've got a a wealth of experience, uh, seen a lot of situations. Uh, What would you want to tell, uh, whether it's a business owner like Melanie with 26 years in business or that business owner that's just starting out or that – professional that uh, is maybe well into their career or just getting started? I would say it's beginning with the end in mind and really thoughtfully considering what it is they want all of this effort to translate into and working with a team of professionals to really see that through number one and number two, having some guidance around the plan B, C and D. What if Hopefully we never have to look at plans B, C, D, or E. Sure, but But you have to plan for them. We need to plan for them. Um, What are the things that could possibly derail your goal? Um, Mm -hmm. But first and foremost, understanding why you're doing all of this. What is the goal? Right, right. I know a personal experience of mine. So uh, when I started my business, uh, I didn't have any disability coverage. And so it takes, as I understand it, two years of developing income before you're able to qualify for a disability policy. At least that's my understanding. And so that was one of those things that I was nervous about. Uh, quickly got the disability insurance in place when I when I qualified. But yeah, um, being and that's like, a great example. Yeah. It depends. I think not. I think I know. It depends on your profession. Right. So as an example, an attorney that works for a big firm, if they go and start their own practice, they don't have to have two years. Yeah. They can qualify for 80% of previous compensation. Okay. Um, for a physician who's never been a doctor before because they've been in school their entire adult life. Um, they can qualify for benefit even though they've not really been doing it. So it, it, it's a great example because it, it depends. Yeah. And if I had tried to figure that out all by myself versus <laughs> calling a professional like you, uh, I would have, I would have been lost. So, um, well, and I hope you never need that disability policy. <laughs> I hope not, too. Uh, so, Casey, it has been great having you on the show. If someone wants to get in touch with you, how do they How do they find you? They should call you. No. <laughs> um, CaseyGartner.com, K-A-S-E-Y-G-A-R-T-N-E-R.com, and all my contact information is there. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Very good. Well, Casey, thanks so much for coming on the show. Melanie, thank you for uh, your time today. Uh, this is Profit Sense with Bill McDermott, and I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you, thank Bill. You, Bill.